Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. My name is Loki and welcome to Keep It Low Key. Alhamdulillah, this is my first ever official episode and I'm so thankful that you guys are here. I just wanted to start off with this dua. My Lord, expand for me my chest and ease for me my task and untie the knot from my tongue that they may understand my speech. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad kama sallaita ala Ibrahim wa ala ali Ibrahim innaka Hamidun Majid Okay, I wanted to start off by basically giving you guys my story about how I found myself practicing Islam um, and genuinely praying from the beginning um, I wanted to start this podcast for a long time because I wanted to share that story in a proper way and just for me to kind of hold on to that for as long as I can so, as most of you guys know that are close to me, I say the story all the time. <laughs> Two years ago was the beginning of me learning about Islam. Um, but before that, I kind of wanted to get into the pandemic. I'm sure for everyone, it was an impactful time of their life, whether it be about school or social um, aspects. Like, you know, I, I think we lost a lot of friends um, and maybe gained new ones. But during that time, I honestly felt really alone because I had lost the foundation that I thought what my happiness was built upon which was you know the friends the academic validation as i said every sport every club i talked to everyone you know like at that time of your age when you're a freshman you just you just want everyone to like you <laughs> um and subhanallah some people grow out of that and some people don't but towards the end of high school you really you really start to minimize your um your circle you know but i didn't understand that quite yet so during the pandemic when i lost touch with all these friends because you know i wasn't seeing them every single day I realized like most of the friendships like they were just school friends you know like we didn't really talk outside of that because we didn't have anything to talk about there was no substance um and also if I didn't have my academic validation you know I wasn't doing so well in school at that time anymore because because of the pandemic and I was I did I lost my sports I lost my squash um and all those things that I I relied on to keep me sane they were gone and the only thing that I could turn back to was my family but subhanallah I, I never spent any time trying to fix my relationship with them or have good akhlaq with them. You know, akhlaq being your character and the way that you um, carry yourself throughout life. Oftentimes, we are extra nice to people outside of our families, but then when it comes to being inside of our house, we are more prone to being disrespectful or rude to them because we know that they're just going to forgive us. It's fine. That really shows what kind of akhlaq you have because you are not truly kind to the people that matter most. Instead, you are fighting for the attention and validation of other people. And so that's exactly what I was going through. So when the pandemic came and there was no um, type of validation, no academic validation, no socializing, none of that, no sports, I was left lost. I was literally very like lost. I had nothing to do. And so I had remembered there was something called Islam. There was something that my family would whisper in the back of my head, make sure you pray, make sure you read Quran, something of the sort, right? You know, just brushed under the, under the rug. So one day I was like, I actually want to venture into faith because it feels like everything else around me is not reliable. You know, people leave, people get tired, especially during the pandemic, they have their own things that they're going through, you know? And at that time, the things that I had used as coping mechanisms, halal or not, <laughs> They, again, they're not reliable sources. They're not um, things that I can actually rely on for the rest of my life. Okay, they weren't stable. 
And so I had read this book. It's called Reclaim Your Heart by Yasmin. I'm sure most of you guys know it. But it literally changed my life. You guys, I recommend buying it 100%. Because she said one thing in there, which is like, holding on to the handhold of Allah, it is, it is unbreakable. That handhold does not break. Whereas everyone else could leave. Everyone else gets tired. They have their own problems, you know? Relying on music, it's like a three-minute track. And then after the song is over, you're back to feeling sad again. Drugs, again, same thing. Sports, what if you fail? What if you get injured? Your life is over, you know? Academic validation, what if you fail your exam? Is, is your happiness going to be based off of that? No. It's going to be based off of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because He is eternal. So therefore, your happiness, your contentment can be eternal when it's based off of that. But mind you, I did not understand this at that time, okay? And so... What I had ventured into doing was just learning more about Islam and just reading as much as I could, just absorbing. It was so new and so fascinating to me. And it was like this bittersweet feeling of depression as well as being grateful. You might wonder why, like <laughs> that's if you just found the greatest thing alive, how could that make you depressed? Because I had realized I spent all these years, about like 15, 16 years of my life, being so far away from Allah. I had used other things as coping mechanisms and the one thing that could lead me towards greatness, I was putting aside. And I see 13-year-olds, 14-year-olds being hafidhin al-Qur'an or like um, younger girls than me wear such modest and beautiful clothing. I'm like, where have I been my whole life? And I would feel so upset at myself. But I knew that the point in which I did finally learn about Islam was exactly where Allah had wanted me to be. Because if I had learned it when I was a kid, you know, I'm always like, oh, I wish my family was like this. I wish I was taught when I was a kid. If that was the case, who says I would have been sincere? Because I, you know, I grew up with it as a tradition. But alhamdulillah, I, I was able to find it on my own. Wallahi, respect to all reverts and people who fell in love with Islam again, because it is so difficult to, like, want it for yourself. You have to be really genuine and sincere with your intention. And so, alhamdulillah, from there, I just... I was able to use my resources, the Muslim friends on campus um, and in my high school at that time. I was able to ask them more questions. I got to know them more. I changed my circle. And especially during the pandemic, I fell in love with like Muslim memes. I never used to really do Islamic stuff, but I like the Arabic memes and like stuff like that, right? And so I followed a bunch of Muslim meme pages, especially right, right, right before Ramadan. Um, two years ago, that was like my first actual like Ramadan, like actually practicing, subhanAllah, alhamdulillah. Um, so I followed all these Muslim pages, right? And so obviously when you get the Arabic memes, you also kind of get the Muslim memes, right? And therefore, as well as Muslim reminders. So that's when I delved into like the Muslim side of like Instagram, you know? I got put in a bunch of group chats and like, <laughs> if you haven't been put into a Muslim group chat, you have not lived a life, bro. <laughs> There's nothing halal about that. Um... But honestly, it was one of the best experiences that I met a lot of amazing people and it created me into the person that I am now. So forever grateful for everything. Um, and so there I was started learning more about like, this is actually not allowed or this is what tabaruj means or this is what tahajjud means. I didn't even know what tahajjud was. Um, and so I ventured into these things because of me following those pages. And the more I saw the content, the more I was like, I want more of this. I, I really like this content. I like the, the feeling it gives me, the sense of community. And so I understood something before I even learned about Islam. I understood the concept of input and output, which is whatever you feed yourself, it is the kind of energy that you're going to give out to the world. 
So I knew that if you eat healthy food, you're going to exert good energy outside. You know, you're going to be energetic. You're going to do great homework. You're like, you're focused. You're going to um, have more energy to socialize with people. The input output, you see? So the input in this case was the content that I was consuming. What was I watching? Who was I talking to? What am I listening to? You know, what kind of YouTube videos are they? What kind of Instagram posts? The girls that are on my For You page or like my Instagram Explore page, whatever. What are they dressed like? You know, are they hijabis? Are they Muslim girls? Are they people that um, are reflecting Islam? Or are they people of like, you know, the Western society, the non-Muslim, that kind? Like, what am I following? And so I realized right there and then I needed to change something about the way that I was living. And if anyone from my life, from my past in high school, if you're listening to this, you would probably notice, well, Loki did change. And so the reason of that change is because, you know, we were online for like two years. And then finally, like during that two years, I'm learning about Islam and I come back as like this different person. But it's because I really wanted to define my circle of friends and what I was consuming. I wanted to protect that energy you know if anyone's studying biology and you know what endocytosis is it's basically you know bear with me i know it's science blah it's like a cell and when it wants to um like put things or substances inside of itself like the edge of the cell membrane opens up you know it's a bit more complicated than that but you know there's like a little uh, crevice where things can come in and then after that the cell membrane closes back up and now that substance is inside the cell it's inside the circle so the way I saw it, I was a cell, or I'm the nucleus, or whatever. I'm not going to endocyte anyone into my life. <laughs> Bro, people in med school right now are crying. <laughs> but no, seriously, like I wasn't just about to let anyone into my life. I have that choice to make sure everything that I am consuming, looking at, talking about, is simply pure, and for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I decided to unfollow all those pages. Anything... I was a bit strict with myself, but because, you know, I was trying to cold turkey, I was really, I was really set on doing this, you know, sometimes there are things in life that you do gradually, sure, you know, like practicing basketball or learning how to crochet, I don't know, bro, but there are other things where you have to just do, because if you don't just do it, then you're never going to end up doing it, you're never going to be ready for that thing, and so in this moment, I was like, I'm going to unfollow every single page that, you know, has haram in it, whatever kind of haram you can imagine, Um, any pages or people that, try to bring me down or bring my um, iman down or my faith and they try to like just make me go backwards they, they make fun of me or people that I just don't talk to you know I wanted to make everything pure and then I unfollowed all those um, you know content creators or youtubers or singers you know like no offense Selena Gomez you know you are a big part of my life but I did not need you I'm sorry and so I unfollowed people like that you know or like those musically people from like five, six years ago, right? And I replaced it with those Muslim meme pages and those Arabic memes, whatever, um, Muslim content creators, hijabis or non-hijabis, but still Muslims, um, gym goers, you know, food pages, all those things, you know? And so that's what I filled my mind with. Because I often get the question, Loki, how did you manage to like completely 180 your life in two years? Well, first of all, I did not 180 it. Maybe I 160'd it. You know, there's still 20 degrees of <laughs> room to grow. But it's really, I know it sounds hard, but wallahi, it's simple how to start, you know. To keep going is a difficult part, but to keep going just means that you really want it. But to start, you just have to like remove those surroundings. Like I said, input, output. Whatever you are consuming is what you're going to get out. So unfollow those pages, you know, slowly distance from those friends that you find yourself um, are being harmful to you. 
I'm gonna make a whole another episode inshallah on friendship because that's a whole other topic but that is exactly what I did okay and so then from there um the people that I met in those group chats they told me bro you know music is actually haram and I was like what no way okay what about just like beats you know like lo-fi they're like that's the haram part <laughs> the beats and the instrument are the haram part I'm like say wallahi right now Okay, so if I listen to a song, like a little baby song, without beats, how is that halal? They're like, okay, the beats are haram, but also the words, if they're, you know, against the dhikr of Allah, that's also haram. I was like, okay, that makes a bit more sense now. But I just was surprised. No one ever told me that. And so that is exactly why I make an effort to build a podcast or a TikTok or whatever, because I want to be that person for that one girl that just did not know. For that one person that just didn't think about it because no one ever told her. And so I was like, I was sitting there like, no way. So I literally Googled it. And yeah, first thing it says, yup, this is haram. I'm like, so this is a well-known fact. Everyone knows this. It's just no one told me. But if I'm being honest, I was never the kind of person that anyone could just approach and give advice to. I'm pretty sure that if you were to try to give me advice or just tell me something, um, you know, constructive, I probably would have just pushed you away and been rude to you and, you know, arrogant and disrespectful. And subhanAllah, that kind of mindset allows you to never grow. You're going to stay stagnant because if someone were to tell you, hey, actually, it's best if you do this, you know, they're trying to be nice to you, but your ego is not letting you grow. That kind of thing is so dangerous. And so I don't know what changed in that two years, but genuine dua to be a better person allowed me to, you know, soften my heart and be more open-minded to people's advice, you know? I am so happy to be able to take in information from other people. I'm, I'm going to consider it, you know, take everything with a grain of salt and research it later. But my point being to be able to listen to people, at least give them the chance. And so that goes to say, if you ever hear anything in this podcast or, you know, you have concerns or questions or anything right, like that, right? Um, maybe you have like a concern about the, you know, the accuracy of something that I said, or maybe you found something offensive. Well, Allah, I have no problem with you. DMing me, you know, th- my Instagram is the same as all my usernames everywhere. I'm so open to you guys just letting me know how you feel. Because that is the only way I can ever improve for you guys, but also for the sake of Allah. Also for myself, you know. We need to be able to listen to people. And so finally, I listened to those people at school and they were just teaching me so much. We finally prayed together. They taught me how to like pray again. SubhanAllah. And so we were able to grow together in that sense because i was open-minded because i wanted to learn you really have to want that change that is a really important ayah allah does not change a condition of a people until they change what is within themselves you have to want it you guys and so from there my intention was simply for the sake of becoming a better person you know i really wanted to change everything about myself And so I even bought my first abaya like two years ago. I got it from Wish from like $20. Okay, guys, don't laugh. I had no idea, okay? And so I fell in love with Salah. And alhamdulillah, we are finally 15 minutes in at the topic of our podcast today. So the only way that I was really able to connect with myself and really want to become a better Muslim, you know, we're all trying. But the reason that idea came to me is because, like anyone, I was put under a trial. Um... I was going through a really difficult time, like about three, four years ago, you know, freshman, sophomore year of high school. And so in that time, like I said, I had nothing. And this was before the pandemic, too. So throughout the freshman, sophomore, junior year, um, I'm a freshman in college now. I'm 19. (laughs) Wow, I gave no introduction to myself. I really am good at keeping it low key. (laughs) 
but during that time I always prayed you know okay maybe it wasn't as like 100% on time or like I had khushua or whatever but I just knew that I was somewhat agnostic you know like I knew there was something there and I was like I'm a, although I'm praying only to just get it over with I'm making I'm making dua right now I, I want to be good I want to be perfected I wasn't exactly sure how about that but those prayers wallahi they were not unheard they were definitely heard by al-basir and so during those prayers i just i asked allah all the things that could make me a better muslim and even in surah al-fatiha the ayah al-mustaqim that ayah in itself is literally a dua we are literally asking allah subhanahu wa ta'ala please guide us give us the straight path and I just wanted to say that any ayah or hadith that I ever add in here, I will leave it in the description so you guys can also research it yourself um, because I don't want to just be talking out of my mind. Like This is all things that I try to research as best as I can. And again, I'm always open to criticism or any advice that you guys have about the resources that I used. But Surah Al-Fatiha, so 17 times a day at least, because that's how we say in our prayer, um, we say Surah Al-Fatiha. And so... I knew in that moment that I, Allah is hearing that dua. And so I never left my salah. That is one thing that I just never left. There are days where obviously it was hard to, I might leave them at the end of the day, you know, um, freshman year. But then, you know, during the pandemic, I increased in prayer. I increased it again. Mind you, no, still knowing nothing about the, the hikmah behind it, you know, the wisdom and the strength that it gives you. I just knew that I had to do it. And like I said, I wanted to like check off the boxes in my life, you know, sports, school, friends, um, religion, you know, checking the boxes off. So it was never really um, full of khushua or focus. But because of that prayer, I never really let it go. Allah saw that I had held on to something at least. There was still something there. Maybe I was not holding on to the rope of Allah, but I was holding on to a string. You know, it counts. And so what I decided to start doing was using my salah to craft the framework of my routine, of my daily schedule. You know, I scheduled my day around it. If I knew I had school, I would make sure, okay, I need to make sure I pray um, at 12.30 at school. I let the teacher know so that I can go back to, you know what I mean? Because if I knew that I was going to the library at this time or I had um, squash practice or something, I would make sure I schedule that so that I don't miss the salah. And so... One day I did actually um, go through a phase where I was being really lazy. I just did not want to pray, you know. Mind you, I did not I didn't understand the, um, the value of Salah. So it was very easy for me to just eh, not want it one day. And so that those friends that I told you about that I had finally befriended um, in high school, they were telling me, no, like this is, you have to, you just have to pray. You know, it's five times a day. You're going to eventually have to get used to it, you know. So I was like, they're honestly right. Like even if I get lazy one day and then finally pray the next day, Allah loves the deeds that are consistent, even if they are small. So that consistency, I was like, I need to make sure I have that if I ever want any goodness out of my life, you know? And so I would advise you guys, like, if you know you have plans, carry a prayer mat with you. You know those, like, thin, cute ones, like, you can literally fit them into a purse or something? Like, you just get them from Amazon. Leave one in your car. Take it in your purse, you know? There's no excuses, brothers and sisters. Wallahi, there isn't. And if you ever find yourself creating an excuse, find the root of that excuse. Maybe it is genuine. But maybe that excuse can be resolved the next time. Don't keep doing that. And so, indeed, Allah is all understanding and forgiving. But you know yourself. If you know that problem could have been solved, why not fix it? Why not 
make it so that next time you aren't wearing those clothes that are not prayerable. Wear, maybe carry with you a skirt if you are not ready to wear one. You know, allow yourself room to grow. And there's a lot of t people, um, especially that at high school or like early college, we're working, you know, and so we're trying to save up money. During that time, it might be difficult for you to tell your manager, okay, I have to pray. And if you ha don't have a job yet, but you're planning on getting an interview soon, I would ask you to tell your manager, this is my, um, my requirement. These are my conditions. Do you allow a place for um, prayer? Do you allow that? Because I know you should allow it <laughs> because it is our right Inshallah, I'm not sure uh, where in the world people are listening to this podcast, you know, my Mr. Worldwide, I don't know. But in America, and I think in Canada as well, we have the freedom of religion, you know, and it is our right as workers, as citizens, as anything, to be able to pray at work. And so you have to communicate with them, I am a Muslim, I pray, so is that something that you can do for me? Because otherwise, I, I don't want this job. But if you are in a place where you can't really quit your job, or you already have that job, Tell them, tell them, hey, I'm going to start like praying now. You know, I should have been. And so um, this happens a few times a day. You know, tell them how many prayers fall under your shift. Because you have to understand if you are nervous and you're like, oh, they're going to be like, you know, Islamophobic to me, whatever. There's no barakah in your, in your work, in your money. That paycheck, okay, it might be fat, but there is no blessing in that check, you know, because you are trying to be successful without Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you are doing that without his remembrance, working hours and hours, slaving your back, imagine like the money that you use, that you have, and you use that to like, I don't know, buy a car. That car itself may not have barakah. What if you get into an accident because of that car? La samahullah. We are always um, thankful for everything that Allah bestows upon us, whether it's a trial or a blessing. But if you find yourself in a trial, but you know that um, you've been far away from Allah, like, think about this, like, if your life is going great, and you have so much money, and, you know, you got all the friends around you, like, everything is going great, you know? But do you realize that you haven't been praying? Wallahi, you should be scared for yourself. You are swimming in dangerous waters. Because in this moment right now, you have been far away from Allah. You are being blessed with everything because you've been just left to your own devices. Because... You have not made any effort to want to get better. You have not wanted to pray or make any changes to your work life so that you can start praying. So any blessing that you find right now, but you know you're far away from Allah, just know that you need to have some internal um, check-ins. You know, you got to think about what you've been doing and what purpose does that serve? Okay, so you're working for hours and hours for what? You get a check. Okay, that check, what is it used for? For bills? Okay, you get bills. You pay for your apartment. That apartment, you're living in it so you can stay alive, so you have a place to live. You know, so you're, you're thinking about the intention behind everything. And so what is our purpose to in this dunya? To worship Allah and Allah only. Our, our destination, inshallah, Allahumma nis'alukal jannah, is jannah. That is our destination. So when you think about every action that you do in that way, why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? You become purposeful. You know why you're doing everything. Even things that are not exactly considered to be worship, they can be worshipped because of your intention. I am intending to eat like a healthy breakfast tomorrow because I want to be energetic the next morning. I want to sleep this many hours so that I can worship you more. Yahya Busir, if you guys know him, well, he's my favorite YouTuber, such a W man. But he talked about this concept and he talks about, you know, Dean versus Dunya. There is no verses. Dean is like, 
you are in the dunya. Deen means way, like way of life, you know? And so your way of life, life literally means dunya. I don't know if that makes sense, but they're within each other. So the way that you go to school, the way that you study, the way that you talk to people is part of your deen. It, go, it carries with you everywhere. And of course, I know what you guys mean when you ask that, like, you know, balancing, should I be studying right now or Quran? There is moderation in everything. And there is a balance between, okay, should I be reading Quran right now? Yeah, give 10 minutes to Quran in the morning and at night or after every salah or something like that. And then also leave a block of studying time. But even while you're studying, you're like, I'm doing this to, you know, inshallah, take care of my mother when I grow up. Or I'm doing this so I can learn more about the human body that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created. Think along those lines. So even if you're working, even if you're trying to make money, make the intention that, okay, I'm still going to pray my salah because I'm doing this for Allah. I am alive here to worship Allah. But right now I still have to, you know, pay the bills and whatever. So that's why I'm working. Remember, And be not like those people who forgot Allah. So he made them forget themselves. Those are indeed the defiantly disobedient. You're gonna get to a point where you have strayed so far away from Allah that you're gonna you're not gonna know who you are. You're not gonna understand your purpose in this dunya because you've been so far away. Come back to Allah. Come back and allow yourself to connect with His Quran in Salah. Take a break five times a day. You know, it's 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 honestly a break. Like okay, people, these non-Muslims, they do yoga, don't they? They do yoga. And it feels so amazing for them. And they meditate and everything. SubhanAllah, if, if you guys know what sun salutation is, it's a kind of yoga. It's like basically literally salah. Like they literally look like they're praying. Wallahi, I was in a yoga class uh, literally yesterday. And so <laughs> in the middle of the yoga class, my Apple Watch just said, okay, time for Mughrib. I was like, oh my God. Because, you know, the class is going to go on for another hour. And these days, Mughrib only lasts for a few minutes. So I was like, no, nah, I have to... I literally have to pray in the middle of a yoga class. <laughs> it's going to look so weird because I'm literally angling. So this, I just did it. I'm like, Fatima, just do it. So I took my prayer mat <laughs> and I went backwards and I turned it towards uh, the Qibla, of course. So I literally am, I look like a lunatic because I'm in the opposite direction of everyone else. And then I just start praying. But subhanAllah, while I was praying, they were doing sun salutation. And so then she said, you know, bend halfway. And I was literally in ruku. I was like, no way right now. And then she said, okay, and then breathe in and go back up. And then I, you know, I was getting back up from Ruku. I was like, do y'all see this right now? We have our yoga. I still go to that class because I need to stay fit, man. But we have our type of yoga or meditation, but it's been perfected by Allah. And you know, when they say, okay, you know, focus on your breath, only focus on your breath, forget everything else. What do we focus on? We focus on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, forget everything else. He is our breath. He instills the air that is in our lungs. We have the recipe to everything. And trust me, wallahi, it happens to everyone at some point. Sometimes we are not always in the remembrance of Allah, so it's easy for us to forget. Or maybe we busy ourselves and like we do so much schoolwork that we look at the clock, oh, we just missed a prayer. It happens. There's going to be days where you might feel lazy or anything like that. But if you remember Allah, Allah will remember you. Show him how grateful you are. Subhanallah, like everything that's been happening in Turkey, Syria, and you know, the impact that it's put on Palestine or Iraq, it's so scary, subhanAllah. May Allah give them the ease in our hearts. May Allah forgive and grant them jannah to all the people that have passed away. Allah yirhamhum. But we have the blessing to be able in this safe area, no matter where you are, we're safe. We have food, we have family and everything like that. It doesn't invalidate the problems that you have, of course. 
we're still allowed to be upset about those things. But because of the state of safety that we're in, just pray Turk Ashakar. Salat Ashakar. Go pray just a tahajjud or be extra attentive during our Asr prayer because you're saying, Ya Allah, I'm so grateful. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. How can we expect the patience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when we are in such a rush during Surah Al-Fatiha? How can we expect Him to answer our dua when like, we want it immediately? When we literally have to be dragged to the prayer mat, we're reluctant, we're lazy. Again, Surah Al-Fatiha is the key to your success. It is literally a dua. You don't want to, you know, just flow by it. You want to slow down and really, really focus on the words. I wanted to tell you guys a story. It was narrated by Anas ibn Malik. Abu Dhar narrated that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, The roof of my house was split open when I was in Mecca, and Jibreel, peace and blessings be upon him, came down and split open my chest and washed it with Zamzam water. Then he brought a golden vessel filled with wisdom and faith and poured it into my chest. Then he sealed it. Then he took me by the hand and ascended with me into the lowest heaven. When I reached the lowest heaven, Jibril said to the gatekeeper, Open up. He said, Who is this? He said, Jibril. And then he said, Is there anyone with you? Jibril said, Yes, Muhammad وسلم, is with me. He said, Has his mission begun? Jibril said, Yes. And when it was open, we went up into the lowest heaven. Then Allah enjoined upon my ummah 50 prayers, 5-0. And I came back until I passed by Musa, السلام, who said, what has Allah enjoined upon your ummah? I said, he has enjoined 50 prayers. Musa said, go back to your Lord, for your ummah will not be able to bear that. So I went back and he, subhanahu wa ta'ala, reduced it. Then I came back to Musa and said, he has reduced it. Musa said, go back to your Lord, for your ummah will not be able to bear that. So I went back and he reduced it further. Then I came back to Musa and said, he has reduced it further. He said, Go back to your Lord, for your ummah will not be able to bear that. So I went back, and he said, The prayers are five, but the reward is fifty. The sentence that comes from me cannot be changed. Alhamdulillah, what a beautiful story. What is the point? Well, the point that is emphasized here, it is that the Rahmah of Allah, he knew that we would not be able to pray 50 prayers in one day. So he allowed us to, to keep reducing it. He allowed the Prophet ﷺ to keep reducing it down to five. And even those five prayers, if you add the time all up, what is it more than an hour? No. All of that time, it's been such a blessing. You know when you tell a child, okay, I want you to clean the living room. I want you to go do the lawn. I want you to go do your clothes. All of that, all of that. All of that. They get stressed out, right? But then the psychological trick, what you do be like, actually, never mind, all I want you to do is your room. The only thing you wanted them to do in the first place was their room, but you showed them how difficult you could have made it, but instead, all you said, please just do your room. Please just pray your five prayers. And in that way, we see the value in praying those five prayers. And Allah made it obligatory on you. There is so much benefit in the sunnah. Like um, acts of sunnah that are not, you know, haram on you if you don't do them, right? That they're still very much recommended. But salah, you have to. And so if something is that enforced upon you, you must think to yourself, wow, Allah really must think it's important. This must be really good for me. 
And so even your sunnah prayers, say you are the type of person where, alhamdulillah, you've, you've been praying your five prayers consistently. There is the sunnah prayer, which is 12 rak'ah a day. And the Prophet wasallam says that Allah will grant that believer a house in Jannah for every 12 rak'ah that he prays in that day. Can you imagine? You have your own palace just for praying those extra 12. But there is much more reward than just that, even in this dunya. We have many prayers that are deficient. You know, maybe there is a prayer that we did not actually have proper wudu, or maybe there was a prayer we were not, we did not have khushu, um, we were not focused, or maybe you're you're just like me and you started practicing only two years ago and you have years of salah to make up. A lot of people are like that. Not everyone was able to start praying immediately as soon as they hit puberty, and so within that, the sunnah prayers allow for the deficiencies to be made up by those sunnah prayers. Allah wants that mercy to be put upon you. He will look at your salah on Yom Al-Qiyamah because that is the first thing that will be asked about. How did you pray? When did you pray? Did you pray? And so, say some of them are deficient, right? And so Allah will ask, did they have any, you know, voluntary prayers? And then you will be brought forth those good deeds and they will make up for that, for those deficiencies, for those years. But you have to keep praying them consistently and like, you really want to make up for anything that is lost in your life. And also if you think about it, just from like a dunya standpoint, you know when you get lazy and you don't want to pray, you end up missing a prayer, right? You know, one of your fard. But if you are consistently praying your sunnah and you get lazy, what might happen is that you miss like the sunnah prayer, but the fard one is like almost protected. You like, you lost the protective layer now, which is the sunnah, but your fard is still there. And of course, we should always try our best to pray the sunnah as much as we can because it's a very easy, good deed. It might not be easy for everyone, but with effort, with application, it becomes an easy, good deed, right? It becomes um, a routine. So if we ever do fall, the protective layer allows for your fard to stay intact. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He wants us to get that reward. We don't do anything for His benefit. He does not need us. It's only for us. And like the only act that we actually do for him, and he said that is for him, is the Ramadan fasting. Nabina Muhammad said that Allah said, Every deed of the son of Adam is for him, except fasting. It is for me, and I shall reward for it. SubhanAllah. So even the good deed that is meant to be only solely for him, even then he says that he will reward us. And think about the physical benefits. Like, you know, when people, non-Muslims do intermittent fasting, a thing that I like to do is compare non-Muslims and Muslims a lot because it just shows that just the natural way of life, a good way of life, it aligns with Islam so well. Like, you know, they always say, gratitude, be thankful all the time, be positive, be kind. Alhamdulillah. We literally have to say Alhamdulillah so much. We do tasbih, we do surat al-fatiha, we are always so grateful. It is encouraged to be grateful. When we are grateful, Allah gives us more of that thing. Or another example, like they tell you that there's, you know, so much success for those, um, you know, those businessmen that wake up in the morning, 5 a.m., they go to school or they go to work and there's just so much that can be done, right? Alhamdulillah, our Nabi Ali Wasallam tells us to do that. If there is so much barakah in waking up, like, you know, fajr time and you're staying awake and there's so much barakah in that long morning. There's so much you can do. And like the amount of ibadah that you can do, your homework, the gym, make some food, just stay in dhikr. Everyone, everything is so quiet and peaceful. 
and then you know the body naturally gets tired at noon subhanallah it's sunnah to take a nap around noon <laughs> it's hard honestly with the the nine to five structure especially in america you don't really get that nap time but like think about other countries like underdeveloped countries quote quote underdeveloped <laughs> they look more developed than america in my opinion but let's let's not talk about that but they allow like you know the students and the employees and everything they go home at like noontime for lunch and, and take a nap whatever or even salah and then they go back to work but yeah i wanted to tell you guys another story so when i was um on campus one day it was like my it's my first year of college this year alhamdulillah it's so scary you guys <laughs> but alhamdulillah i have my friends you know who you are um on campus with me always studying with me and always just being kind to me although i haven't seen them in a bit because i actually transferred schools but that's the thing about friendships for the sake of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they just they stick no matter what you know when you pray together you stay together and so um well, i was on campus one day and i just had to go pray the hood right and so a girl came in that I just, I've never met before and she was clearly older than me. You know, there's a lot of adults that go to college still. And so um, she was very quiet and I was like, I said, Assalamu alaikum, I'm, I'm about to pray the hood. Do you want to pray with me? Um, she was like, yeah, sure. And so, um, you know, she's a complete stranger, but <laughs> there's a thing about when you pray together, it's like, boom, immediately your first interaction with a person, intimacy. <laughs> like you're so intimate. You're literally like in meditation in unison like you're like bowing down at the same time and everything um and it's such an intimate level of like breaking that ice <laughs> and so while we're like praying together subhanallah um i felt this absolute peace next to her again i don't know her but the fact that the salah was able to bring us that close together and ever since then alhamdulillah we've been really good friends you know and um i see her all the time and we still talk but it was just because of a prayer and we have no classes together she's much older than me <laughs> but that just shows the beauty of islam and even like like i'm thinking about like right now the hikmah of um like saying salam alaikum so simple but you know that's always been a practice even arabs that are not muslim they still say salam alaikum because it's just how you say hello but one time you know i was just reading quran like just reading the translation just to be just to be quirky just to be funny and I was like, and it literally says, when you are greeted with salam, give the salam back. Or like, even better. I was like, ain't no way this is in the Quran. <laughs> I, don't know how to, I don't know if anyone knows what I mean, but like, you know when you see something in the Quran that you like, you've just done your whole life because, you know, it's practice. And you're like, wait, this is actually in here. Wow. So I was like, like, the beauty of that. And like, Allah makes you say salam back, you know. And the reason for that, there's so many reasons, but one of the beautiful reasons is that no matter who you're beefing with or like whatever you think is going on between you and a person, there is this kind of social obligation to say salam to each other in order for there to be peace between you. And you can't like, you know, be rude and say salam alaikum. That just doesn't make sense. So it literally forces you to get over it. Stop holding that grudge. Just say salam. And subhanAllah, from there, from Allah's mercy and the things that he has, you know, invoked upon us, you you have peace with that person i am so grateful to allah for all the people that have crossed my path or that i'm still friends with um because of islam either through online or in person i am so grateful for that and you know you might be wondering as well how do i find that circle of friends well i hope you tune in next week inshallah because we will be talking about those friends that pray together and stay together and so I just wanted to end this gathering um, between me and you, whoever you are listening with, with this du'a. 
سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك أشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت أستغفرك وأتوب إليك Oh Allah, you are pure from imperfection and all praises due to you. I bear witness that there is none worthy of worship besides you. I seek forgiveness from you and return to you. All right, everyone, that is a wrap. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And remember, keep a low key.